This is a young generation. Don't judge us. Help us. Welcome back to the Scale Up Project podcast, a series aimed at discussing contextual safeguarding, which is an approach developed by Professor Carleen Furman. In short, contextual safeguarding is an approach designed to help keep young people safe from harm that can occur when they're not at home. We believe that young people are key to shaping this approach and know that with their help, professionals, adults and communities can really begin to rethink and respond to new approaches to help keep them safe. Across four episodes, the London and National Research Projects have worked and talked to some amazing young people from across England and Wales, in places such as Merton, Ealing, Swansea, Kent and more, about their views on staying safe from harm outside of home in different contexts. Last episode, we touched on schools. And in this episode, we wanted to talk with them about their views on social services, and also how supported and understood they feel by the adults and professionals in their lives. And we began by asking them a very direct question. Do you feel like social workers do a good job at protecting you from harm outside of home, amongst your peers, at school, or in your neighborhood? No, social workers aren't good because, because of the people that I like to chill with and the way I like to dress. They like to assume things. For example, they like to say that I'm, I'm selling drugs and that, and they like to say that I'm part of this gang and that gang and da da da. But it's not true. Them, they're not like to assume things because of the way I dress and the way I, and the people that I chill with. They sit there and tell you that if you say anything that they don't like, they will have to report it. Not that they will help you. And by helping you, they will report it. They literally sit down and interrogate you. It's not the best thing. And they can also take a lot of things out of context. You could be like, oh yeah, my mum was just mad at me because she didn't, I didn't do the dishes. And then they would, they would get mad at everyone and then they would make you feel awkward. You were literally just saying why your mum was mad at you and then your mum's going to be like, what, why did you tell them that? And it's just going to make relationships of your parents, your siblings, your family strained and it's going to not make you want to trust anyone. I feel like social workers can um, sometimes keep young people safe depending on, like, why they are social workers for what reason but sometimes they don't and sometimes they just make um the young people worried about like random like different things that they've said and it just becomes all awkward for them like to walk around to walk around i think more often than not social services comes with a lot of negative connotations instantly when someone brings up social services i think me and many other people come to straight thought that they're gonna take me away. They're gonna take me away from my parents. And these connotations, I can, I assume they come from stuff like our parents telling us and from TV shows and all of just the media and everything. And ultimately I think it's doing more harm than good. Um, I feel like getting social services involved isn't always as good as it may seem. Like I've heard some cases where, I know this isn't the same case for everyone, but I know there are some cases where young people are sent into the hands of their abuser after being through the social worker system and sort of going through that system of, you know, what happened, what's happened, like, you know, what's going on. But then when they're sent back, the effects of it are just 10 times worse because now they know that the young person has reached out for help, which, they probably wouldn't be happy with. I have quite a biased opinion on social workers uh, from personal experiences with them. However, I think sometimes they can be very 
resourceful in uh, more calmer situations. Social workers tend to look at families before situations and that tends to be very harmful towards the young people as the actual problem isn't being erased or looked at and it's just ignored. They're putting young people at more risk by looking at the family and not, you know, the, the groups because, um, well, their parents can feel um, quite attacked as social services are, um, well, they're known to be, like, be very not helpful in like situations like that. And um, parents tend to feel very insecure and paranoid about social workers um, approaching them. As you just heard, the majority of the young people that we spoke to do not feel confident in social services ability to keep them safe. And many of them have actually had direct contact with a social worker. So their views aren't just coming from a stigma that may surround social services. It's actually from their own lived experiences, which they have so generously shared. However, they were still aware of the fact that there may be circumstances where issues reach a high level. For example, if somebody is at risk at harm at school, amongst their friends or in their neighborhood, that a referral to social services may be made. So we asked them, if this was to happen, how easy would you find it to speak to a social worker about you being at risk of harm? I wouldn't feel that comfortable telling like social workers how I'm feeling or what's happening at school or outside of school because I don't know them that well and I also don't know what they do with that information. Honestly, I think I'd find it very difficult. It would be a really difficult task because I think initially when I see this person as a social worker, they're a stranger to me. I have no obligation to tell them anything and I feel like they have no obligation to protect me. But then again, I feel as if if someone I knew very well were to do the same thing, I would still be under the same idea that I shouldn't tell them anything because of this reputation I want to maintain. And I think at the end of the day, no matter whether I don't know this person at all or whether I know them very well, ultimately, I just wouldn't say anything. I would be very hesitant to um, answer questions from social workers as personally, I feel like social workers have failed me, my families and my friends. I feel like if I were to have to speak to a social worker, it would be someone that they would need to be able to put in the time and effort to get me to warm up to them because otherwise I would not feel comfortable with speaking to them because I know that they're there for only that. Like they don't actually care about my personality or anything else. Like I want them to sort of understand me as a person before I tell them what's going on with me. So it looks like one of the main issues being brought up by the young people is a lack of trust. And also an overall feeling that social workers are simply there to tick boxes and do a job. There's no real connection or relatability. As well as a major concern about how their private information could be shared with professionals, adults, their families or the police. In my opinion, I don't really like having a social worker because they make you feel so comfortable with them. So you tell them anything they want to know. And then they just go behind your back and say it to either like your parents or the people they work for. And it just causes a lot more problems. Like, let's say I could say to my social worker that I got approached by an older gang member. And I just did, I just wanted to keep that between me and them because it would make my mum worried and wouldn't let me out as much. And then they would just gone behind my back 
and broke my trust and gone and like, told my parents just makes me feel like, why did I trust him in the first place? And I think it's really difficult when I see people like social workers or counsellors within school and um, to talk through my problems because I feel like that's their job. They have to do it. And ultimately, I feel like there's no point. See, my opinion on social services is very up and down. They can help you with some things, but they can't help you with most, especially when there is a lot of personal things that kids do not want to talk about to someone who is literally like, OK, tell me your problems, and if your problems are bad, I'm going to tell the police. <laughs> social workers are there to, in a way, guide you. They're not your therapist, they're not the, the police. You know, they're sort of in the middle. And in some ways, all they have to do is just write a report, and then that's their job. Job. So social workers' jobs isn't there to make you have closure, isn't to help you with your mental health or anything like that. It's all just to check everything in a way. It's like someone marking your homework, they're just ticking boxes. With so much hesitation around talking to a social worker amongst the young people we spoke to, it led us to ask, if you were at risk of harm outside of home when you're with your friends, in your neighbourhood or at school, what kind of person would you feel comfortable talking to? I think I'd like to talk to someone who I feel like isn't being obligated to talk to me. Like they have a choice, like they want to know about my problems and they care about my problems and they can act like a best friend, but with no judgment. And that's the type of person I'd like to talk to. I feel like I'd want to speak to someone that I know that I can trust or someone that I know wants to speak to me and wants to hear about what's going on with me because... If I know that they're there for a specific purpose and that only, then I'm not going to sort of build the connection with them that I would need to make me able to open up to them even further. Uh, I feel like people generally say you should go to your parents first. However, I feel like because they're not my sort of age, like they're not teenagers, like I feel like I'll go to my friends or family members that are like closer to my age. And I feel like it's more safe and like more, they're more understanding than parents, social workers, police officers. They're like more understanding. They'll know where I'm coming from. They'll know like the best advice to give me. Whereas if I go to a teacher, for example, like they'll say, or oh, do this, they'll give me like advice that I wouldn't really want or like pointless advice, you know what I'm saying? With my friends, cause obviously they're at the same age as me, or maybe just one year younger or one year older, they can understand what I might be going through. Like, so I'd rather talk to them than talk to an adult because adults, they just assume and judge anything you tell them and then they, they can take it the wrong way when it's not. And then it can put you in like, a situation that you don't want to be in. Whereas let's say I just went to talk to one of my closer friends about like, what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking about, I'll trust them more than anyone else because it's just like sometimes your parents, they just don't even listen to you. They just say, oh, don't know, it's, that's not a big problem, da, 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 when in reality it's a big problem to you. So talking to people our age, they can maybe understand what we could be going through and it just helps us around. Qualities such as being caring, understanding and trustworthy were common answers, as well as a longing to talk to someone they could actually relate to and who wasn't just forced to sit and speak with them. During our research, one set of professionals came up over and over again as a group that the young people held in high regard. Like youth workers and uh, people like that, you know, that's a job to basically be here to listen to you and to sort things out so you know you can trust them with, like all your life with, with, with youth workers. I would speak to youth workers because they're way more helpful 
um, and informal than other uh, higher authorities, and they don't put their ego like onto you. Social workers and teachers and all that, they tend to have like the urge to be on the high horse. Yeah, that's that's what I like. Youth clubs, it's it's like another it's like another door opener. It's nothing like school. There's like I could actually sit there and vibe with the youth workers. I can chill with the youth workers and we got a level of trust there. I know yeah, yeah, you've got a level of trust. If I told them something smooth, they're not gonna go around and tell the police. And that's what I can trust. Unlike schools, you know you can't trust teachers. Because yeah, teachers will actually call the police on you. Yeah, but with, with schools, teachers, that's their job. They have to do that. They ain't really got like a, a thing where they say, oh, this person's been involved in a big uh, problem. They have to go to the police. They, they can't keep that in. That's not part of their job. Their job is to, to get you as much help or if you've done something, report you or something like that. They don't. They're not there for that type of trust. You yeah. know what I'm saying, like youth workers. Yeah, no, I understand that, but why do you think that we trust youth workers more than we trust teachers? And that question just highlights how important the role youth workers and youth clubs are really playing in making young people feel safe. And this is something that we explore more at the end of the series when we talk to the young people about safeguarding in their local neighbourhoods. But for now, let's focus back in on the professionals and adults in their lives. And one major area of improvement came up. For many of these young people, they had something to say about how adults lack the ability to relate to them and how if they came into an instance of harm outside of home, this lack of relatability could deter them from asking for help. I feel like adults might find it hard to understand from our perspective as they're not our age and our generation and sometimes they link back to their lives but they may be our age but not in the same generation we were or we are. If, if I went to an adult and I told them that I'm in an issue with someone that's my age or someone similar to my age, they'll say, yeah, go out there, have a fist fight with him because that's how it was back in their day. But they don't know how it is back in our day now because people are getting stabbed and really hurt and that. If I went to someone older than me, they're not in the same day and age as me, like they're not in the same generation as me. They don't know what's going on outside, how, how mad it is outside. They're, they're just in their same agent most of the time adults go with what they think is best and they just discuss it in like amongst themselves instead of discussing it with like younger people or people that are involved with the situation they also find that we're the problem but we can't change um others around us we can change ourselves but not how others act and sometimes adults find that hard to understand it's also, I think adults have a sense of formality around them and I think young people find that intimidating and it's hard for them to get over that fact that they're maybe there to help them, especially they're worried about being, maybe being judged and things like that. So as we're nearing the end of this episode, it's becoming apparent that the same themes are echoed from one young person to the next, despite them being from different areas across England and Wales. There is a clear message that they don't feel heard and that when they do speak to an adult or professional about an issue, it isn't always dealt with in a way that they would like. No one really is listened to a man like that because everyone else is living it with Yeah, you. yeah, no. Everyone else is living it. Yeah, no, I, like, I don't feel like, other than family and friends, I don't think there's anyone, a profession involved with. Involved, yeah, who's actually helped me out. Who's actually, like, actually guided me through hard times. That is sad. 
Um, I don't think adults listen because, like, I'm not saying they don't listen at all, but most of the time when an issue is brought up, nothing really happens. Like, you don't see any changes to what you, like, kind of put forward. Like, let's say you wanted maybe something, like, a youth centre to open, like, maybe, like, they, they could say they they are going to do it and then, like, five years later, there's nothing there. As a young person, I feel only people from around my background, they, obviously, where they could probably more relate, they want to hear my voice and, yeah, but other people, some people don't think what's going on is going on. It's in the sense that if I use more formal language and more extravagant words and use a nicer tone, like, when I speak, that I'll be heard to. And I think that's a really important thing, especially with like dialects within our zone and accents. People feel like they're less likely to be listened to because of the way they say things. And ultimately, I think they truly are. I don't think adults listen because whenever you tell them a problem or something that's happened, they mainly just do it, listen to you because it's your, their job. They don't do it because they care or they want to help. At some point, you have to be in a certain position to be able to be heard, sorry by older people because if you're not in that position then it's just going to be either grouped with the rest of the young people or put aside like it's not as important most of the time the school asks us to do like surveys and stuff like that but when you finish doing the surveys you never really see changes and like usually like you expect to see changes because they've asked like so many students to like share their opinions about a certain topic and nothing actually happens. See, when it comes to like people that you relate to, this is what I'm saying. I like, say if I was to say something to someone, they wouldn't relate to, but I can say it to any of my friends and they can relate to it. We and all grew up in the same school. That's built a bond yeah. even more, so now yeah. I'm going to share more with you. Yeah. Like, loneliness, no one wants to be lonely for the rest of their life. Some, oh, someone will always want someone to speak to or just to get something off their chest to, like, even if they've had a bad day, someone just wants to talk. And some people listen and don't take it in. It, anyone can listen. Yeah. But it actually, it means it, not everyone can take in what you've got to say. Not everyone cares about you. What an eye-opening episode as we now draw to the close of episode number two of the Scale Up Project podcast, tackling contextual safeguarding and how we can help to protect young people from harm outside of home. Now, there was such hard-hitting and honest thoughts and feelings shared just then and throughout the entirety of the episode. And I just want to take a moment to truly, again, thank every single young person for being so open, brave and honest with us, because it's not always easy to speak about your feelings and your views, but it's so, so imperative for change. Now, this episode has really shone a light onto some areas for reflection, giving us the ability to understand how young people really feel about the professionals and adults in their lives. And it's also highlighted that there is still a very large stigma and disconnect surrounding social services. And that ultimately, young people just want to be understood and heard by people who truly care and that can relate to them. Feelings of being misunderstood or misjudged were shared. And again, we thank them for their honesty. The Scale Up Project podcast aims to share these views in the hope that we can begin to work on the approaches we all take in safeguarding these young people so that in the future we can start to implement real change to make things better. It's been an eye-opening episode with a lot to reflect on and we still have two more to come in this series as we talk about safeguarding amongst friends and in their neighbourhoods. To end this podcast, let's look towards some positive ways that the young people feel the current gap between them and adults can be bridged and what they would like to see change. 
We'll meet back in episode number three. And for any more information, head on over to the website, csnetwork.org.uk. I feel like in schools, there should be more school counsellors because there's like a long waiting list of students that need help, but they can't get the help because there's not enough school counsellors. I think if like school was gonna like the school was gonna like recruit a counselor, they like try um, search for like a more younger person because they might be able to understand children, uh, young people more. Say so, say if it was like someone in their like thirties or forties, they might not understand. Whereas it might be someone in their early twenties, they might know how it feels and like because they, they've literally just like come from being like a teenager, they might know sort of how this person might feel. I think at the end of the day, what we do have to consider is that social services are here to help us, but no one sees it that way. People are afraid. They would much rather suffer abuse at the hands of their parents or within their household, rather than go and ask for help in fear of facing abuse in different households. And I think at the end of the day, the government or just our council overall needs to start focusing on how to remove the stigma around social services and allow children to truly ask for help. In many ways, no matter ethnicity no matter what like you describe someone as i think to earn the respect for that from that person you have to give it if you don't like them just move on just at the end of the day you just have to give the respect to earn it i feel like adults and especially school they have like a responsibility to kind of look after young people in as many ways as possible outside school as well as inside school and i think that it's just about relating being able to relate to them, but not to a point where you maybe you judge them or you like think think back to your own childhood, because this is kind of about them rather than what you would do personally. If adults were to engage more, young people would actually kind of want to talk to them more because most of the time in school, like when things happen, people would rather not tell a teacher because they know most of the time the teachers do not do anything and they rather like sort it out themselves. And sometimes that's how like fights start. I just, I just, wanna, I just wanna say a message that I wanna bring up to the public is never put people in a bracket or put people in a certain group because they look a certain way, because they dress a certain way or because they've grown up in a certain area. Because I don't, stereotyping is not the way to go. Actually, when you get to know someone, then you understand and then you'll be able to relate and talk to them on a level. Just because someone's been, don't judge a book by its cover, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Don't, just because someone's done something in their past car, just because someone's done something, they everyone's got room for change, everyone's got room for possibility. There's always a future, the future's bright and it's better. This is a young generation, don't judge us, help us.